Welcome to the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show, the premier online startup pitch contest where top climate tech and impact founders pitch VCs looking to fund world positive companies. If you're a founder looking for funding or a climate or impact investor interested in joining and investing alongside forward VCs, syndicate, and companies that move the world forward, please visit thestartuptank.com for more details and to apply. But now it's time to enter the tank. Hey guys, welcome to the Startup Tank. I hope you had an awesome wrap up of the holidays and the new year, but we are back. I'm your host, Matt Ward with Forward VC and Climate Techies. If this is your new or if this is your first time attending, welcome the Startup Tank. We're Shark Tank or Dragon's Den for climate companies. We do this the first Monday of every month, except for well, this month, because no one wants to show up on New Year's Day. You probably had a little bit too much fun. And I know the, the founders that we've had here have certainly been grinding. So excited to have everybody here today. If you haven't subscribed already, be sure to just hit the, ah, yeah, babbling through the words, hit the subscribe bell on YouTube. You know what to do. If you haven't checked out um, Climate Techies and what we're doing, we've built the largest local to global climate community in the world. We have local meetups in 34 cities every one to three months, online sector networking calls, hundreds of thousands of free perks, climate VC and climate solutions databases, online networking and more for folks and members. If you want to check it out, learn more details, climatetechies.com. If you want to apply for an upcoming session of the Startup Tank, it's just the startuptank.com. And how does today's show work? Well, we had two investors drop out last minute because of family health crises, and I'm not sure if the other one's coming, so I may be your only panelist here. If so, I will do my best to make this as helpful as possible for you and everybody who's tuning into the event. The companies will each get five minutes to present. We might be a little bit lenient on the pitching time because we don't have the other in panelists, so you'll have to settle with my uh Remarks, retorts, and uh, input into the business model. At the end of the at the end of the night, we'll choose a startup of the night based off of both um, listeners, viewers, and their responses, as well as which company we think is the best or the most promising, either for fund investor or our accelerator. Speaking of, we run our partner in Climb Accelerator. We help one to two companies a month. No big batches. We go really hands on with business development, growth, scaling, networking partnerships through climate techies and what we've built as the, you know, probably the largest local to global climate community in the world. Anyways, that's more than enough about us. If you want to find our climate VC database, solutions database, or access all of our networking events, just go to climatetechies.com. And now that's more than enough from me. Let's kick things off with our uh, startups tonight. Um, Morat, I think you said you needed to go first. Was that right? No, I wasn't. But I no. It's been a it's been a bender, guys. All right, Doug with zero with zero labs. You want to share what you guys are doing? Get ready to roll. Sure, I will share my screen. And just let me know when you're ready. Apologize for being a little rusty on my side, and you'll have five minutes whenever you're ready. I am ready. Okay, take it away. All right. Well, hello everyone. Doug Miller from Zero Labs. I'm a co-founder based in Washington D.C. We at Zero Labs provide digital renewable energy as a service. We make it really easy for companies to procure renewables and prove their procurement for diverse reporting and marketing needs. I'm now going to dive into a little bit about why and what we do. Starting with a few things that we know. So first, we know that uh, energy is the biggest problem in climate action. We need to decarbonize our grid. We also know that renewable energy markets are large. They're a multi-billion market right now. 
and they are vastly growing to become an even larger market by the end of this decade, reaching what's expected to be a hundred billion plus market with current uh, trajectories. We also know that scope three emissions, meaning the emissions from your value chains, both upstream and downstream, is the invisible footprint, the one that companies are trying to make sense of um, and that provide a even larger opportunity for uh, reducing emissions across uh, you know, corporate, corporate value chains. We also know that, that scope three provides the, the potential for revenues exceeding the $1 billion mark. So we at Zero Labs are prioritizing scope three electricity use, meaning the electricity use of value chain partners as the elephant in the room opportunity for not just making a dent in scaling demand for renewables, um, but also helping companies achieve their scope three goals. We also know climate action is hard. There, it's hard to make sense of what, what to do and when and how. We also know regulation is not only coming, but it's now here between the European Union, California, potentially at the US level and uh, other regulation, uh, jurisdictions around the globe. This is where uh, Zero Labs comes in with a digital renewable energy as a service solution to make it super easy for anybody to procure renewable energy and prove it. We simply do this by digitizing renewable energy and putting it, converting it into programmable building blocks that you can then embed into your products, services, value chains, and so on. We essentially help companies that are already in this, already taking action to reduce their emissions to go further faster. And we help introduce new companies who haven't yet taken action by making action easier. Over time, our goal is to also create a fund for renewable energy projects. We target a, a set of uh, specific industries ranging from cloud services to property managers, to streaming and electric mobility, ones that have either vast competition or a strong reason to tackle scope two and scope three emission reductions. We have a diverse team. Uh, no, only I'm the only native English speaker. We are distributed across uh, countries between the European Union and North America. Now, just briefly into our products. Um, essentially, as I mentioned before, we provide radically accessible, transparent tools, digitizing renewable energy to make it super easy to harmonize your clean energy procurement and prove it for diverse reporting and communication needs. We provide a, a tool to digitize renewable energy from diverse renewable energy sources, whether bundled or unbundled contracts, and allocate them to any end use downstream. Um, and we make essentially uh, value chain decarbonization, both for your suppliers and your customers, super easy um, and be able to report the progress and get that master view that you need. Here's an example diving into manufacturing where maybe you, um, as, many, you know, as a company, you have uh, sites across the globe, you have different suppliers and so on. You can procure renewable energy and allocate it to not just your, diff your different uh, facilities, but also the end use, the use of your product to help reduce those scope three emissions. Um, underneath the hood, the end of the day, we generate what are called green proofs, which is a harmonized digital receipt showcasing the allocation of renewable energy to a specific facility or, or user or whatever end use you need. Um, these have both an impact view or communication side as well as a um, verification side, which is the data that connects with any renewable energy tracking system across the globe with a, a bi-directional audit trail that leverages public blockchain technology. Um, and this makes it really easy to comply with standards, be transparent, and provide com uh, continuous communication and engagement of uh, your customers, stakeholders, investors, and, and so on. Um, at the you know, zooming out, we provide tools across the entire uh, renewable energy procurement uh, lifecycle, from procurement to management, allocations to communications reporting. One minute warning. Thank you. Um, in terms of progress to date, we've uh, delivered over uh, 200,000 megawatt hours of clean energy across the globe, over 2,000 buyers. Um, 
and with various case studies ranging from uh, museums and property rentals to uh, decentralized cloud storage providers to major industry events and hotel stays for businesses to even crypto bros. Um, and our, our, sweet, our sweet spot essentially is those companies who want to automate their clean energy procurement, both small and large companies. Um, we've won several awards, Money 2020, um, Blockchance organized by PwC. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, look forward to hearing from you about any interest about, uh, about how we can make renewable energy procurement easy and the proof easy so that we can scale investment in decarbonizing our grid. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much for presenting. It seems really interesting. Let me bring myself and Gabriel back into the mix. Before we jump into questions, a quick overview from Gabriel. Gabriel's with uh, Powerhouse Ventures. You want to say a few words, Gabriel? Uh, not with Powerhouse Ventures, actually. I'm with Elemental Accelerator. No, Elemental. And Sorry, other Gabriel. It's all good. What's man. on your wait? What's in your head? Are you okay? Uh, it's a bandage. Yeah. Just ah, okay. Cut. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Elemental, we're a nonprofit climate tech accelerator and funder. We've been around for about 14 years, done about 160 something investments. We invest at various stages, but two different check sizes, 350K and a million dollars, designed to de risk. Uh, a first of its kind project on that million dollar side of things. So um, yeah, happy to be here. And in terms of my role there, I lead mobility, energy and built environment for Elemental. And super excited to have you on board. I hope you saw the pitch. Doug, first question I had really quickly is why why build this on blockchain? There's been so many players in the space. There's a lot of blockchain sure. hype. Sure. Um, so this is a product of about almost uh, four years of R&D. So our work spun out of the nonprofit called Energy Web, which developed the world's first public blockchain for the energy sector. And essentially, you know, as you probably know, the sector was, uh, or this technology was a hammer looking for a nail and uh, maybe in part benefit because we worked at a nonprofit during our R&D journey, we actually found the nail. Um, and so we use the technology specifically in one scenario, which is, the bridge between the renewable energy tracking systems, which are outdated, not user-friendly, administratively costly, and fractionalizing the digital purchases of renewable energy for right-sized delivery to any end use. In other words, if Zoom at the end of this call wants to show that your individual use of Zoom is renewably powered, we can help them show that you own a unique slice of a larger purchase for this two-hour long call based on your laptop's electricity use. So that level of precision we think is um, too difficult for the current tracking systems to provide a solution for. And so our use of blockchain is just to show that everybody knows that needs to know you own this tiny slice of a larger renewable energy purchase. And so it's it's providing that um, uh, you know, knowledge about the current state of the world. But the thing yeah. to note as well is that there is no secondary market. It's not a it's not a tradable token. It's just a delivery mechanism. So jumping on that a little bit, I'm curious. I get the fractionalizable piece of it, uh, fractionalizable, uh, which is similar in some ways to a Robinhood or Stash or something like that, right? In terms of fractionalization of a product that you can that you can acquire. I think to dive a little harder into the, the, the question that Matt asked is blockchain two, three years ago, Web3 was the buzzy word that anybody and everybody put in their decks. How do you build credibility? How do you build confidence that this is a legit utilization of a legit technology when that market arguably has fallen hard um which is not sure i'm not saying it's not a real no, thing no, no. how do you yeah. build that with your customer no i actually was debating even you know mentioning the word one time during the presentation but the main point is that in every any tech cycle there is a period of hype and then you have actual use we found an opportunity for using it 
because it's unclear what other technology could deliver this more effectively um, in terms of providing the audit trail. And so from our perspective, this technology is very helpful because it, right now in the example I mentioned for Zoom, if Zoom wanted to guarantee that your downstream use of Zoom products is or services is renewably powered, there isn't a really easy way to bridge from the tracking system to give the actual evidence that you as a corporate customer or business customer of Zooms can show that you've reduced your scope three emissions from Zoom use. But with this technology, it provides a unique identifier showing the, the property right that you have as part of a larger clean energy purchase and show that you are the sole owner of that slice of the larger order. And that's the only use of the technology is just to deliver there's no, again, there's no secondary market or other trading that goes on. It actually cannot be traded onward as part of the uh, point. And then the idea too is we provide the information in the renewable energy tracking systems or they're, that are run by uh, quasi-government entities saying, here's how we digitize it. Here's the protocol. Here's the beginning of the digitization audit trail. Then it goes that's the beginning of all the green proofs from that particular order. And then each individual green proof has the ability, you have the ability to work backward to the same renewable energy certificate order in the tracking system. So we have what we call a bi-directional audit trail. And that's the only reason we use the technology is for that main purpose. Who's your main but customer the, then? I'm sorry? Who's your main customer then? Our largest customer today um, was a decentralized cloud storage provider called Filecoin. So we oh, worked Filecoin, with- Filecoin, okay. Um, yeah, so essentially a cloud providers dispersed across the globe, ranging from needing a couple of megawatt hours of clean electricity to several thousand. We we serve as an aggregator, so we can we can we can operate as a bulk buyer where needed, and that's part of our business model. Um, we bulk buy renewables, digitize them, fractionalize, deliver the right size, um, and then we you know each buyer at the end of the day gets a green proof to stand behind the public claim that they're making. They did in fact do the thing they said they did. Um, and to date we focused on renewable energy. This technology is modular and can be applied to any of these emerging new environmental attribute certificates that are, you know, whether it's SAFs, green, uh, clean hydrogen, et cetera. Why, why sell to uh, cloud uh, hosting as opposed to going directly to the renewable energy companies and being able to let them vet their energy sources to their customers? Well, there already is a system. So there is a system of uh, certifying renewable energy generation, and there's a whole market for trading. But right now, the purchase, the ability to for any company to purchase renewable energy is not streamlined. You have to hire a third party, and the third parties only want to work with large corporate buyers, the likes of Amazon, Google, Meta, etc. They don't want to talk with one person who runs one little facility in you know a particular country. Um, and so we solve that one. That's one of the problems we solve is this aggregation feature. Um, and then the other is the digitization, fractionalization of right size delivery, where at the end of the day, they get this elegant looking proof where if you're a corporation with operations in 20 countries, one problem we also solve is you have a singular receipt articulating the renewable energy purchases you made in all of those countries. It's in the same format, the same structure. Um, you can then export the data in a consistent way for any of your reporting or disclosure needs. And that becomes even more important um, as we start looking at scope three emission reductions where you have hundreds or thousands of suppliers and downstream users that you want to show you're linking that to renewable energy purchases to show that you have in fact reduced that source of scope three emissions. 
probably touched on this. I may have missed it. My Zoom crashed. But the it sounds like your TAM is really small, mid-sized companies all over the world. Is that a roughly accurate statement as opposed to the Metas and Googles and whatevers? It's both. So on one end, it's for the Meta, Metas and Googles and Amazons. It's their supplier and user networks. It's their scope three which is the SME scope too. So we're, we, we're tackling both sides because in some cases the SMEs want to move first because they want to differentiate among their customers. But on the other side, these larger corporates are setting new scope three engagement goals and related platforms. So we're part of the conversations with firms, with these types of companies to help them actually engage with their suppliers and their users so that they can make it easier for their value chain partners to either achieve their own respective renewable energy goal. So we expect that some, uh, corporates aren't going to pay for their suppliers to go green, but they they may be willing to pay for their customers depending on the case. You know, it might be that if you keep going back to this example because it's relevant. Zoom might pay for folks to uh, have guaranteed renewable energy zooming, or they might offer that for certain business customers as part of the package. But they're not going to pay for you know their suppliers to buy renewables. And so there's we we're designing our product based on those kind of practical business scenarios. Because they want you to use Zoom, not, you know, WebEx or Meets, Google Meet. So, yeah, imagine at the end of this call, there's a QR code. You can scan it. You can show that your laptop use and for me, DC or wherever you are around the world, um, you know, is linked to a regional renewable energy purchase. Do you think they care? So, um on one end, yes, because companies have to now set, they are setting scope three strategies as part of their science-based targets. Um, they also are using scope three to further differentiate. There's competitive, there's competition among sustainability professionals. And then lastly, regulation requires them to disclose their scope three. Um, so, I mean, if, if companies want to show that they're making progress in their public disclosures, then they have to, you know, use the available tools and solutions to start re reducing their emissions. And of course, Right now, we're primarily focused on one type of emission, which is your electricity use. Um, and then you know, over time, we could expand into other areas where it's relevant. And one other thought is that, I mean, this there on one end, there's of course the competitive differentiation. So we, we are prioritizing markets where there's a lot of competition. And so this is just one other way for folks to stand out, um, whether it's, uh, you know, one industry is the office retail market. So if you are a office management company and you can show to any, anybody who might be considering your building versus another, that any building that my company manages, we offer a renewable energy feature that's baked into our tenant portal. Or imagine if you're an EV charge point company or an EV manufacturer, you guarantee, or you offer a renewable energy charge solution as part of why they should buy your car, use your charge point. You know, we think that that does matter and resonate in, the, in these particular industries that we're targeting. You think it does or customers have told you that it does? Ah, well, customers have told us, and which is why we think. Okay. Good question. <laughs> any any last questions on your side, Gabriel? No, thanks. I think that, think that covers it as well for my side. Thanks, Doug, for Thank you. presenting. Really appreciate you coming on, and while we're uh, while we're in the energy space, why not keep it in the energy space? Soul, uh, yes. Do you want to? 
I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. So in center, so in synergy, basically trying to yeah. push uh, the solar platform forward and solar energy. Correct, 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 very much correct. You got to work on that name a little bit. Yeah, so Solans means and like you know, it's uh, itself Solans uh, means uh, solar energy. Awesome, we okay. got your presentation up. Your five minutes starts now. Take it away. Okay, so. Uh, so, Solance Energy is a renewable energy company focusing on the sustainable development goals uh, given by the United Nations. So, we are accelerating the adoption of solar through one-shop solar platform. Solar, a solar energy market in India is growing rapidly because of the government incentive, falling cost of the products and technological advancement. So, here, government of India have a target of 280 gigawatt by the year of 2030. So, currently, we are sitting at 72 gigawatt. So, there is like, uh, we need to like, you know, make a 3x jump from this to reach our target. So, there is a huge potential and huge governmental policies are coming in and uh, all the all the investments are going into the solar sector and government is already pushing to the target and like an incentivizing the commercial and residential user with help of subsidies and uh, uh, capital incentives and interest incentives so basically anybody any any homeowner or any uh, industry owner want to go solar so it is very much difficult for them to go solar because they are non tech people they don't know how to get solar thing installed because they don't know the how much solar system they uh, they need to install which vendor is right for them because there in a solar industry there are multiple sort of solar installers from megawatt scale ground mounted projects to residential projects so they don't know the who is the right fit for them for solar installation project and people who on ground give the quotation give as per their understanding so there is no fixed system they give quotation for so like you know they will get a quotation for like you know uh, 90,000 rupees for 3.3, 3.2, 3.8 or something like that so uh, with with Solans what happened is like you know we streamlined the requirement of the customer by the consultancy one on one and we uh, we uh, uh, float the tender document to the all the solar installers who fit into the customer's requirement and on our online platform there is a reverse auction happening because india have a very price sensitive market so because of the reverse auction 10 to 15 percent project uh project uh cost get reduced and a customer get the best price uh in the solar system so they can easily go solar and we also provide the help with uh, with the loan like you know low, because 90 percent of the customers uh, take the loan for the solar install because it's a capital intensive uh installation and we do the qc at the each step and uh, because of the project management is done in the application itself, the customer can easily able to track track the whole process of the solar installation in their application itself. And we install the solar system within the 45 days uh, days of the starting. So it, we have streamlined the whole solar installation process and articulate in a way that customer thinks that it's very much easy to go solar. They just need to tap on our application and, and uh, choose the things. So, so that's why, like, you know, we are making their solar journey easy and reliable. So for customer, uh, Solans means trust and transparency. So we have built a one-stop solar platform uh, in, uh, in on one roof. They get all the solar-related services like cleaning and maintenance, solar loan, procurement, separate pro project management, solar install, and in the one-stop only. For, uh, for uh, 
uh, we are a solar platform so we have a uh, many epc companies on other hand like bidding for the projects so this epc companies are paying a subscription fee for like you know to stay on our uh, on our platform or get the get the potential lead because any leads will be flowed uh, to the epc company is a potential lead they just need uh, to give the right rate to the customer and customer is ready to go solar okay and all the documentation process is also taken by us so on a platform like we means trust and transparency to customer and on a more business to the vendors solar epc companies so uh, our major source of revenue is we take like 8 to 10% success fee of of on every project which uh, get installed on our platform we take subscription fee from the uh, vendors solar installers so solar installers pay subscription fee to get like converted lead or like you know more potential lead they just need to one minute the, warning it, it, Sorry. Okay, and we have uh, some auxiliary revenue as well. So, uh, so till now we have done like forty CR reven in revenue. Uh, uh, so we have completed two hundred plus projects. Eighty one eighty plus customer have been served. Like five point five tons of CO two emission has been reduced, and uh, one three hundred and ten trees has been uh, reduced from the uh, saved from the deforestation. So we want to scale this platform as we are into the Gujarat, uh, Gujarat, one of the state of this India. We want to scale this to whole India because it's a very big market and huge potential is there. We will establish a local network over there, and after local network, we'll expand on the marketing to uh, uh, get the customer on board on a platform. So this is our core team. We are innovative engineers, and like we uh, we we have a sustainability at heart. Like we want to make uh, the uh, like you know world a better place by doing. uh solarization through uh, through the process and uh, these um some of the investors are the solar manufacturer and time is up what are you guys looking for so we are looking for currently 3 million dollar funding to uh, to scale this platform to whole india and like you know invest into the technology as well as the marketing 3 million is a lot what kind of traction do you guys have so far will i bring gabriel back in so we have uh, like you know till now to, uh in in terms of 28 year in terms of dollar we have 3.5 million dollar uh, revenue through our platform are you raising 3 million 3 million rupees or 3 million usd 3 million uh, usd so we okay. have already 3.5 million uh, 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 like you know a dollar uh, uh, revenue through the platform itself from the one location itself so we want to establish in the eight locations like eight location uh, where the manufacturing plants are set already already established so the uh, like we can solarize their msme systems and uh, we can make more revenue over there and this is a platform only so we uh, it is easily scalable so it is very much asset light okay and you take 8 to 10% you said so we take like 10% yeah okay and feel free to jump in whenever you want gabriel I guess I'd love to see some more traction. Uh see where you're like who's who's buying and why. What's the excitement that they're seeing relative to other competitors? So basically Safer is another competitor who is like uh, doing solarization in India, Safer and uh, like you know if you have seen the model of like Pick My Solar Energy Sage so they are platform only and they are very much successful in the US market. But in Indian market there is no go to platform for solar solar installation. correct so like and everybody want a like you know competitive price in the in the industry in the in the industry but because of the reverse option like which our platform is usps of our platform uh, they will get the best rate out of the market and uh, so so there is a very much like you know uh, 
price discrepancy like if you want a tata panel installed in your home in a like indian city so tata have a nine distributors of within the same city and this nine distributor will give you the different rate of same system so customers get very much confused what is the right rate of this system so if they come to our platform we'll do the reverse auction in in, in those distributor only in this and because of the reverse auction 10 to 15 percent cost get reduced and they get the best price like customers get the best price so that's why like you know we get all the most of the lead through referrals only because of people are getting benefit of out of our platform and and other other on other end like distributors are getting the short short business uh on our platform are they so saving that much oh, yes yeah, well, just curious. yeah 10% cut yeah, go for it, Matt. Yeah, if you're taking a ten, if you're taking a ten percent cut and they're saving ten to fifteen percent, are they really saving that much? Yeah. So basically, what happened is like you know, first we are tracking uh, like you know, first quotation whatever they are having is very much used because there is no MRP like system in solar industry. There is no maximum retail price or something. So everybody is quoting as per their understanding. So what we are doing is like you know, we are making the like you know requirement of the customer because customer is non tech person. So they don't know how much kilowatt, how much wire, how much steel will consume in their pro project. Correct. So what we are doing is first of all, we'll making the uh, like POQ or like, you know, requirement document where the, all the components, uh, the technical specification of the component, as well as the quantity of the component is like uh, specified. So all the installers now giving the quotation from the same document or same requirement. So it is an apple to apple comparison for the consumer. And secondly, like, you know, because of this apple to apple compa comparison and the competitiveness, like everybody can see each other price. So if you, if, if anybody's quoted $10, everybody can see the $10 price has been quoted. If they want to win the order, they need to reduce the price. Correct. So because of this kind of a, like, you know, competition, because everybody is playing the game to win the game. Correct. So everybody is uh, bidding, bidding uh, in terms of winning only. So they reduce their margins to some extent. And we make sure that like, no, they are not making loss. So there is a, like, you know, uh, a, a term called like, you know, a bounce, like, you know, after some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, some rates have been like quoted on the platform, it bounce, bounce off, like, you know, so we make sure that like, they are not making loss. So I guess just to clarify to me, it sounds like this is all about the savings that the customer can get. You take a cut, but it's also kind of a race to who can cut the most. So from a competitive perspective, what I thought I was hearing you say was there was a trust issue, but it doesn't sound like that's meaning as a customer or a potential customer, I don't know who to trust. There's a lot of options, you know, but, but that's not where you went with it. It sounds like for you, it's much more about like they can save money, but if it's a save money thing, then it's a race to the bottom, right? In terms of you and competitors, you're all trying to just get the lowest margins possible so that you can get the best savings back to the customer, which is what incents them to buy. Is that correct? Or is there a piece of this where it's about trust? So it is about trust also reason being like, you know, we give the second layer of guarantee. So like we, our teams are engineers, like, you know, we have a lot of EPCs onboarded on our platform. So if one EPC is like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, go uh, in the middle of the work or like went off in, in middle of the work. So customer can't do anything. Correct. So like if they are uh, like, you know, buy from our platform, we make sure that their project get completed in the given time frame only. Okay. So like, you know, they have a, like, you know, second layer of the, uh, second layer, second layer of the safety. If they are coming on our platform, so we make sure that anyway, like, you know, they'll uh, complete their project within the given timeline. 
correct so like you know the uh, and we uh, give them hand to hand support in terms of loans and like cleaning maintenance stuff also because like epc companies have the expertise in the one segment only but as a customer you want the whole package like from starting from the loan to the and like you know uh, service after sale service also and you need a one point of contact only you don't need five agencies working for you and you need to like you know manage the thing or, or different on a different different platform or different different way Correct. So as a customer, it it is very much easy to cut, like you know contact us and we provide the one stop solution uh in whole process and we also make sure the QC happens by re reason being like you know uh customer doesn't know the technicalities of product also there is they don't know two point five square mm also exists and four square mm wire also exists and they both have the like you know same manufacturer so what we do is like you know we have made the tender document so we have the put, put the set specification on the customer behalf. So we we make sure that like you know all the things are uh, like you know transparent enough that customer will get the certification of all the uh, like you know every step of QC. So the, we provide first of all trust to them and secondly uh, like you know it is a, like cherry on top like rates are also like you know uh, uh, basically very much uh, lower. And without Great, without we, we we are giving deep discounting so we are not giving we are profitable so we are not giving discounting by ourselves. Because vendor is reducing margin by themselves, like willingly. Great. Yeah, it seems it seems like a tough one. It seems like a bit of a race, a bit of a race to the bottom. In terms of in terms of what you can do there, or needing to find additional ways to to add value or monetization. Because if it is very price centric, then the platform that comes in that also aggregates all of the installers. The charges seven percent, and then six percent, and then five percent, and then four percent. They're always cheaper until they're dead. So it's it's a yeah, it's complicated. How do you how do you solve that problem? So basically, like you know, win-win condition should happen in terms of like you know all three stakeholders, majorly customer, uh, like us, like you know, being a platform, we need to also sustain, and secondly, vendor. So if the profit margin is 10% or something like that, so we like, you know, uh, get like, you know, up to four, four, uh, four percent, like, you know, and the EPC player who is actually working on the client's project should get 60%. Correct. Like, like 40, like, you know, if it is a, uh, like 6%, like, you know, uh, if it is 10% then. So we like, you know, uh, uh, take it to the equation of the, all the thing. And secondly, like if the 10% margin is the, like, you know, market margin. So if any projects is closing on our platform should be lower than that. And the ratio should be same, like, you know, 40% to us and 60% to them. And basically, uh, EPC companies in India doesn't have the, like, you know, technical knowledge. Many tech, uh, the technical uh, things are left. So what we do is like, you know, we do the value addition in terms of engineering and procurement and construction plan, which is a very much labor incentive. It is like outsourced by them and they are very much, ex they are, ex they have expertise in that because they know how to reduce the material wastage and they know how to reduce the, like, you know, transportation cost, like, you know, they transport all the things in at once only. So that kind of optimization, they are, they are very much pro in that. So, and we are very much pro in that, like, which is the engineering and procurement, because if we have, we are as a platform, we procure with the directly from the manufacturer and our, because of the economy of scale, like we get the better rates than them. If they go and procure the things because we, we have a huge quantum. So in that, like, you know, we have kept ourselves to engineering and procurement only and construction has been outsourced and we have like, you know, solved the pricing thing 
as like they are incentivized because they are getting profit out of it. And secondly, there is a competition, like huge, like you know, cutthroat competition in the solar market, correct, right now, because there is multiple EPC companies and we are giving the assure business. So they are not actually like, you know, if bidding in on, on a bidding platform, once we, uh, there is a 90% uh, ratio, like uh, uh, that customer get converted. Because it's not only pricing, it's also like, you know, tr we, the trust which, is, which we have developed through the platform. I, I get it. I uh, I still think you need to work on it because I think another platform could come in and build the same and then charge nine and eight percent. But e either way, thanks thanks for presenting, Yash. I think it's uh I think it's interesting. India, it's clearly it's an enormous market. There's so much opportunity there. Maybe the maybe maybe the competition's not so important as long as you figure out the execution side. But thanks for thanks for presenting. Thank you. Before we hand things over to our next presenter of the night. I just want to let you guys know we have Climate Techies events in 34 cities globally, New York, London, Paris, Singapore, Shanghai, you name it. Uh, you can check it us out, find other folks in your network and other folks in your city to connect with network and uh, work together and figure out ways to help each other forward. More details at climatetechies.com. And now let's get on with the program with Hugh. Q is uh, doing something interesting in EV charging with plugs in. You want to take things over and share? Yes, thank you. I am going to share my screen. Uh, give me a second as I get everything ready. Uh, okay, here we are, my screen. Let's Okay, here we go. Looking good. Take it away. All right. Hi, I'm Q Johnson, founder and president of Plugs In, an EV charging company. And our goal is to put the EV in everybody. World leaders have agreed that global warming is a catastrophic threat to life as we know it. Internal combustion engines contribute up to 29% of greenhouse gases, which cause global warming. For this reason, electric vehicles are a critical solution but consumers today are hesitant to adopt electric vehicles because there aren't enough places to charge them, especially for consumers that, are, that aren't homeowners. Plugs in will meet this demand with our patent-pending modular multi-vehicle charging platform, which can charge the 10 vehicles on a single circuit. It consists of one hub, as you see in the center, and four satellites, which all easily connect to each other. Each module can charge two vehicles through remo removable charging devices which can be either charging cables like the uh, Tesla or the ones that the, the US uses or inductive charging pads like ones you see in uh, your wireless phones. Or it can be both. You could have char you could have cable and wireless on the same uh, charging uh, module. This modular configuration allows us to significantly reduce downtime and maintenance costs. Our competition has currently dual charging stations, which all have to be independently installed. They're self-contained and they're on proprietary networks. And this results, results in high equipment costs, high installation costs, high operating costs, and high maintenance costs. Our competitors are the industry leaders. And while they do have a market presence and brand recognition, they aren't modular, which means they aren't expand, easily expandable, they only have charging cables. They aren't easily repaired or upgraded. 
and they cost much more when you scale up to 10 vehicles. As you can see, the cost comparison. Ours is more than half less than, um, than our competition. And many of our competitors won't even sell their stations without a subscription plan, which means that after installation, every station has a monthly subscription fee, which has to be paid by a property owner, whether the station is being used or not. And that's what sets us apart. Our modular unit configuration, which allows us to keep our equipment, installation, operation, and maintenance costs significantly lower, while our international patents will prevent our competition from copying us and outperforming us. And here's where you see the, the difference in our system, their system, and what cost it redu reduces. Our primary customers will be the largest stakeholders of EV transition, which is the automakers and utility companies, allowing them to sell more vehicles and energy motivates them not only to buy our stations internally for their, for their own internal operations, but also champion our stations externally to their customers. Our secondary customers are business owners and property owners that have their own specific set of priorities in reaching their customers. And these customers include fleet operators and government agencies. The ability to get so much more for less will drive our customers to choose us over our competition. In this highly competitive environment, where high costs are one of the biggest obstacles for stakeholders, no one wants to pay twice as much for less. We will deliver the best price and value to our customers. Initially, we will sell our systems at a 35% profit margin, but once we've established ourselves in the market, we'll introduce re recurring revenue models such as subscription-based services and platform licensing. We've been orderboarded into four supplier diversity program and Amazon Black Business Incubator, and we have a working prototype which we've been using to perform live demos. We are nearing the end of our R&D phase and are now developing our design prototype which we need to be UO certified before we can begin production, which we anticipate will take approximately six months. One minute warning. Using a modest projection of capturing less than 1% of the U.S. market share, we will yield a net profit over, over $147 billion in five years. With, with the right partnerships, we'll be able to capture more than 1% of the global market share, close to 10%. We currently have a small, large team, which consists of myself and a few key individuals. Together, we have over 75 years in the automotive and aerospace industry. In this round, we're raising $2 million to expand our team, complete the design prototype, launch the proof of concept, and your certification. We anticipate production in the first quarter, third quarter of this year, at which time we'll pursue our Series A round. So, are you ready to disrupt the EV charging industry? This is the ground floor. All roads lead to EV charging. The EV train is about to leave the station. Don't miss it. Join us in putting the EV in everybody. Okay, let me bring Gabriel back in here. Two quick things. A, pro tip, we could, I would normally not have your text there so you know what people know what they're going to say ahead of time. B, what's the what's the IP actually look like? Where's the IP from? What's the what's the background? International IP. We um we got the PCT in several countries. Um, as a matter of fact, we're in the final stage of getting the. But how do you develop the technology? I mean, I I'm an engineer. I I spent several years at Ford Motor Company. I developed myself, and I I put the patent applications in myself. So I digging that a little further. You said you put patent applications in. What's the status of those? And I'm curious, 
there are lots of things happening right now in the EV market. This looks like one of, I've seen some similar things, but I think this idea is a good idea, but I'm curious, which pieces do you actually own or, or provisionally own or Right now, whatever? I own a the modular, um, the modular configuration and removable charging devices. It's ideal, and it is being. We have a patent application in Europe, Asia, uh, the Middle East, and North America and South America. Got it. And so to be sure that I'm clear, the, your your approach, the uniqueness of it is, you still have to do trenching. You still have to do all the normal things that you do for installing charging. However, you've got this main box, which connects to the sub boxes and that bridge or that splitter, that is, that is your core IP, right? Yeah, it's the core IP, the modular, the one hub and the four satellites was able to park okay. charge two vehicles on a single circuit. Like I said, our competition has to be independently installed. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you saw the text. I, I'm still all good. Figuring this out. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but good. yes, our one hub and four satellites is, um, is unique to the market. There is no system on the market like. As a matter of fact, just last year, a competitor in Ireland has a similar system with DC fast charging, but they're the closest. And I, we do have a pad. Our, our application is in Ontario, so if, if we get it granted, they'll be in they'll be in trouble because I did talk to the which founder. They started a year after we 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 put our pad application in, so they're the closest right now. And talk to me about unit economics. I mean, if I'm going to install individuals versus your main box with splitter. How is that cost difference? Well, right now, each of your each of your independent tall stations, the equipment substitutes cost two thousand. It's going to cost about five thousand to install it. So that's seven thousand dollars for one dual station. If you want five dual stations, you're looking at thirty five thousand dollars. My first station costs about two thousand dollars and about two thousand dollars to to install it, and the other ones plug and play into it. So the initial cost of that four thousand dollars. And then you just buy the other station for a thousand. You can have any maintenance person plug them in. It doesn't have to be professionally installed. So um, our equipment cost is about eight thousand. We expect the installation cost to be about four thousand complete. So you install ten you you can charge ten units for just for twelve thousand dollars versus ten units for thirty five thousand dollars. And Thank then you. it has the removable charging devices where. If one of the charging devices go down, it could be easy to remove and replace rather than the whole station going down. And if we work with the right partners, that station can be back up within the hour. With the right warehousing and the right distribution partners, we could have those those replacement modules within an hour from where that station station is, and it could be replaced really quickly. So that's how and, we uh, decrease our downtime. And how do you go from, it sounds like, idea to production? How do you scale this? Right. And what TRL right now, are you at? To add to right that, now, what TRL are you at? I don't know what TRL means. Okay. Technology uh, readiness level. Okay. Okay. Um, right now we have a working prototype and we're getting ready to uh, finish our design prototype. Our biggest hurdle right now is access to capital. We have a company that's uh, set up to finish the design prototype and to send it to UR certification. And that's where we are now. But we do have a, 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 a concept prototype, which we're using for live demos, and it works. So with the capital, we'll, we'll finish the design prototype, and we send that to um, for UL certification. What are the biggest weaknesses or lacking on your team? What do you need to hire for? 
right now I need to hire engineering um, as we start scaling up uh, the design prototype and manufacturing engineering as we have a contract manufacturer that, um, that we're working with to do the manufacturing, but uh, most of the, our hires will be manufacturing, I mean, will be engineering, either design engineering or manufacturing engineering. Uh, we do have um, Gen 2 and 3, Gen 3 products, they're on the back burner. So once we bring our engineering team on, we're going to start working on those other with other modules. So does that mean you're going the route of build your own brand and market and sell the products versus licensing and IP? Well, we are going to license an IP. We um, Once we build the platform out with these other products, and there's some really exciting changes that are coming to the products, um, like vehicle-to-grid charging, battery management, and things of that nature. Once we get to the past those stage, we'll be able to license the platform. But we'll spend the first few years getting everything into the marketplace. What's the biggest risk you see in the business, then? The biggest risk for us right now is competition. Um, our competition is better funded, but like I said, we do have the uh, the patent application in, and there really isn't anything like this in the system. So um, timing is killing us. We we hope we raised four hundred fifty thousand so far, but we we hope to raise the two million by now and then be in production. But we 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 want to be in production by now. We do have a few pilots set up, but access to capital, we're in the Midwest. Hardware and climate tech is not really big on everybody's radar. You're in Detroit, um, though. What about hitting up that? What about hitting up Ford, et cetera? CVCs and other, um, other players in the space. Ford is, we are working with Ford. We're on the Blue Ford Black Business Incubator. Um, Ford wants us to see this, meet some of the milestones, like the U.S. certification. They were the ones that attended our our first live demo, and they saw that it worked. But they want to see us meet some of the milestones. The real question is, can we do it? It works, but can we do it? Do we have the right people? Do we are do, are, are are we in the right space? What do you do if this fails? All of my eggs are in this basket. Good answer. I left Ford. I left Ford for this. Good answer. It's a trick question. I got, I've got one last question. Any signed letters of intent or MOUs to purchase or use these yet? Um, I I just have a, I, I was awarded a pilot in Vermont, but that's when I'm aggressively going after this year, signed letters of intent. Everybody wants to wait till, everybody wants to wait till your certification and getting past that hurdle. And I heard I'll, I'll, I'll get the signed letter of intent I'll even get some um, upfront money after I get the U.S. certification, but that's my next hurdle, U.S. certification. Got it. Sounds like you got the focus. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Then thanks for thanks for presenting, Q. From one uh, from one transit tech to the to the next. Now we're going uh, robotic drones for farming. Uh, Morat, you want to come in and share drone cu drone cube? my screen now working on it there we go we got your screen perfect well hello everyone my name is Murat Merdin I am the CEO and co-founder of DroneCube uh, with over a decade of experience in robotics and uh, numerous projects under our belt uh, we created an autonomous platform that enhances and safeguards vineyard yields uh, tackling climate and workforce challenges 
as you know, global warming is uh, hitting everywhere and uh, two degrees Celsius rise threatens more than half of vineyards in the world, translating to one trillion dollar loss. And concurrently, aging workforce is accelerating the labor force if you're able to find them. And uh, the cost project to hit 50 billion by 2050. And when you add the um, harmful residues on our food, uh, the pressing need for agricultural technology, and which is also emphasized in the Green Deal mandate, by the way, and uh, this could uh, easily turn into a half billion dollar problem. So our solution is uh, giving them an agri-data archive uh, for climate adaptive uh, viticulture. Uh, this leverages advanced drones and uh, they capture and record vegetation indices and thermal data, providing a comprehensive view of vineyard uh, conditions sub supporting to climate adaptation strategies. And the uh, second solution that we do, uh, you can see the video in the uh, middle screen in the middle, uh, the 3D virtual vineyard and AI animal detection platform uh, that we use. And uh, by the way, this is an actual video from the POC customer. We have, uh, we recorded that data and we use uh, AI to detect anomalies earlier. And finally, uh, the third solution that we provide is the smart spraying and autonomous crystal system, uh, which efficiently uh, approach uh, for applying and tracking agrochemicals in vineyards and also uh, getting into count the uh, difficult uh, terrains uh, in this uh, domain. And uh, here is how uh, we don't need to labor on the ground. So drones take off autonomously. Uh, they do uh, precision spraying. Uh, they go back uh, when they need pit stop, basically, either scrapping the batteries or refilling the tanks with agrochemicals. Hence, it gives us the traceability throughout the process. And now you see our MVP in this video. It's an industrial robot definitely changing batteries, refilling the tanks, and changing the mission load if, if necessary. And this is at uh, TRL-5, uh, we completed the robot drone synergy. And uh, one of the other technologies that we have here is the precision photo alignment engine and early problem detection uh, thanks to it. Uh, you know, the vineyards, all the uh, shapes and terrains are changing, so it's really hard to get a uh, net picture. So that's an important technology. And uh, in, in this uh, impact slide, uh, we try to show uh, the uh, problem, the big problem here. Uh, it's since the global warming heating everything, uh, the good vineyards now are going to be not good in a close time frame. And uh, giving them a, a data service uh, where they can look at the best wines they produced in the past. So this, this would be our best impact. But using the drones, Precisely also gives uh, ability to uh, moderate the use of fertilizers or uh, other plant protection products, and eventually it saves a lot. And uh, once you detect the diseases, uh, you also reduce the uh, food loss. So it's a win-win-win situation. And our business model is simple: uh, we sell uh, different levels of ducks. The basic duck takes only the photo. One minute warning thermal images, and uh, we also have subscriptions uh, in all of the options. 
And as you can imagine, the market is huge, but we specifically target vineyard for their purchasing power and phenome technology. And uh, we have graduated several accelerators recently, the most important one, the UK's climate finance accelerator. And we deployed our first stock uh, in our POC customer last month. And uh, in the competitive advantage, we, we provide end-to-end -end autonomy, and uh, this is nothing to be found in the field. And as you know, all the organic label holders are listed in the uh, website of the these labels, and we can track them and do premium reports to show them the benefits of switching to our products. So this is the customer acquisition strategy. And our team has been working on robotics more than a decade. So uh, we are not a startup who doesn't know what they're doing. And uh, we need uh, 700K in 2024, and we will cover 200K by sales, and we need uh, 500K. And Maybe, I think time is up. Time, huh? You are end of the time. Let me bring Gabriel back in. It looks like the other the other attendees have left. So you may be you may be the winner by default. But Gabriel, let's uh let's jump into the questions here. One one quick question I had for you just to kick things off. What's your why? How did you get into this? Why did you get into this personally? Uh, this is an interesting story. You know, we do robotics and uh, Turkey is the biggest exporter of hazelnuts too in the world. So there was a municipality company who were trying to like manage, sustain the uh, hazelnut farms in all those terrains and difficult environments. And they tried drone spraying and it was successful. And they asked the company, okay, uh, give, give us this service and uh, take care of this. But the company couldn't provide enough pilots nor drones. So uh, they came to us and we told them, okay, what we do basically is take the person out of the image and put a robot so that this can, this can sustain. And this is uh, how it started, but we turned to the vineyards because we are close to an area like uh, the Naples Valley uh, here in uh, Izmir, Turkey. So we are leveraging the uh, distance uh, from them, but it turns out that they have the biggest risk of losing this uh, most valuable thing that they grow, they grow for more than 100 years in some cases. So uh, this is how we ended up. How's it going? It's, it's going pretty great, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks. We deployed the first dock uh, to the customer and uh, we started collecting data. And uh, unfortunately, Turkey had like an epidemic on uh, mild disease on grapes, well, which is uh, an, an important opportunity for us to collect data enormously in these problems. So um, next grape season, uh, which starts around April, uh, we will be uh, ready to deploy all the uh, technology, all the solutions that we mentioned, and it's pretty exciting. How do you deal with the economic situation in Turkey right now being what it is? Well, that, that, that's the hardest question that, uh, all right. So, you know, this exchange rates are skyrocketing in Turkey and uh, mm. there is some different approach in uh, general economical disciplines. So uh, in this environment, if you are doing the technology business, which is what we do, uh, you are on the safe side. And if you are exporting your services to the other countries, you are good. So uh, this is, how we trying to uh, stay alive, let's say. Uh, but 
you know, the economy is huge. I'd say 85 million people of the country and it's the 17th, 19th biggest economy in the world. So uh, we will hopefully soon uh, be better in, in most cases. Murat, you mentioned, you know, you'd be able to fly over and monitor. You'd also be able to apply pesticides or fertilizers, which sounds like you're angling towards organic, though you didn't say that, though you said you could talk about certification reports. Uh, are you able to also identify things like mildew and so forth from the air with these? And then I guess I'm tying back to the labor piece because you tied to labor as one of the problems you're solving, but it seems like labor is still required for a lot of pieces of this. Is this additive enough that vineyards are willing to pay a significant amount for it? Or is this more of a nice to have? Tell me, tell me a little bit. Okay, so once uh, we started, we thought that this uh, variable spraying would cover some of the problems and this makes an uh, economical sense. But uh, at the end, we look at the facts and then it wasn't. But then we noticed this news, uh, the uh, people, the vineyard holders uh, in Southern Europe now started buying vineyards from Northern places. And uh, one of them is the uh, Southeast of England. So uh, the projected one Celsius degree rise make that place a better place to grow. So, you know, uh, they're uh, doing this uh, growing and getting the grapes and turning into wine. And, uh, you know, some parcels, some sections are better. And now with all the climate is changing, they don't know, they don't have a history, they don't have a, a backup. I mean, precisely, they have the satellite data though, but which is not enough. And uh, they don't have any tools to navigate through this. So this is the uh, most important feature that we uh, give to them. And uh, knowing these guys, they spend a lot of money on technological stuff, like to skew the grape without like tracking the seeds and everything. So uh, this technology makes sense to uh, survive in the uh, next decades, if they're really willing to sustain this. And um, this is on the economical part, it's not easy to turn into numbers, but we know that it's pretty important from all these facts. And, uh, but if you go down to the numbers, uh, I don't want to say Turkey because like uh, there, there were a lot of uh, farmers who lost whole year uh, last year because of all this mild disease. Uh, but uh, in, in other cases in Europe, there is a disease and if it is detected, they uproot uh, a certain diameter, like 500 miles, so that it doesn't spread. So these are heritage uh, crops so that we need to protect and we need precision to like automation or uh, aviation sector to protect them, okay? Because these are the food that we're gonna eat. We are not gonna, if we are not gonna plan to like eat refrigerated in the near future. So um, I, I hope this uh, two parts covered uh, some part of the question, but on the uh, labor part, uh, you know, uh, there is this inspection issue to detect these diseases, and there are uh, a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say a lot of, but there are a certain number of uh, very experienced people who can uh, detect these uh, just by seeing it. But if you consider the whole area, uh, it's not feasible for anyone to like walk down and look at the leaves and decide if they have this disease or not. 
So it's practically, uh, they cannot do this. So what they do, uh, they look at the problematic areas with the experience they have and uh, they leave the rest by chance and they are losing some yields every, every year just because of this. And uh, when you go to the far east, I mean, as you move to the east, the problem gets worse and they use more chemicals uh, to like cope with it. Uh, so on the uh, labor side, it, this doesn't solve whole problems, but this enables uh, for sustainable farming uh, because they will be able to watch everything if they need to. And the AI will help them to like pinpoint the problems or pinpoint the anomalies in that sense, because uh, another problem that climate change makes, they it creates new problems, new diseases, new, new uh, pests. Uh, that we need to tackle with and uh, we don't know how they grow we don't know how they start but uh, with this technology maybe we will have a tool uh, to start coping with them but in the uh, hopefully uh, in a couple of years uh, if we create enough data uh, all around the world then uh, we are uh, very uh, confident that we can start guessing diseases before they happen and you know this is already done by satellites in some uh, field crops. What we are doing is like we are focusing this technology on the uh, more uh, precious crops. Ag tech is notoriously slow and hard and painful and challenging to scale. How do you overcome that? I mean, we haven't overcome that problem yet, uh, Matt, but hopefully we will. Uh, this strategy is simple here. The organic label holders, for example, in California, uh, they have like more than 2,500 uh, vineyards uh, who has that label and they're all listed. You know the brands and uh, you can easily reach their coordinates and uh, we can use satellites to create rock reports to show them uh, what their problems are. And uh, you know, if you sell enough, if you go sell, 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 then we don't need finance, right? We can solve that issue. So uh, one part of the strategy is try to reach uh, more and more customers and make sales so that company self sustain. But uh, in the meantime, if we uh, get our hands on a, a bigger capital, then we can expand our team. We can include more experts, and then uh, we can grow faster. So uh, this is about it. If we can find it yet because of all the uh, shrinking VC investments or valuations lately, then we can do it in a slow pace. Uh, we are uh, determined anyway. What's your plan to go to market then? Are you planning to try to actually acquire these farms on your own? Or are you planning to try to partner with other ag tech companies and providers? What's the... What's the there game are, plan? There are two uh, sides of it, uh, let's say. And uh, one of them is uh, tapping on the existing uh, channels that all the big agrochemical companies have. But we are now converting that strategy a little, a little bit more organic-based or bio-alternative solutions. And uh, we are now in contact with an uh, organization who is like a forum to all these uh, organic material producers. Uh, so we plan to uh, collaborate with them, uh, but um, in the in the meantime, uh, we also uh, have this. Uh, I'm 
I'm sorry about that. We also uh, have this list of people who export stuff. So uh, finding great grapes for all over the place, from Chile to USA, Turkey to another place. And uh, it, it is uh, easy to find uh, targets if you like focus down, sharp focus time like us, because we are focusing grapes in vineyards and uh, which turn into most uh, cases in the flute that people consume. So it, that sector is like, uh, if you compare the planted area to the size of the market, the wines make like 10x, but the other crops like make one to two x in most, like in the uh, biggest examples like corn or soybeans. So this is a, a very good uh, place to be like market-wise uh, to start and uh, do all of these, but uh, all, all these uh, channels uh, hopefully help us to uh, tap into those markets easily. And uh, let me add this, we also, this was a recent uh, update. Uh, we became a, a member of agri-tech centers in UK. So they're already trying to uh, make a 3D map of their farms and uh, have a lot of uh, people, farmers who are very interested in uh, agricultural technology. So uh, we, we will target those people first and then uh, we will uh, go down to the more and more general uh, farmers doing this commercial with really, really tight profits. Awesome. Anything, any last questions on your side then, Gabriel? No, I'm good. Thank you. I think that pretty much wrapped things up for me as well then. Murat, thanks for thanks for presenting. Thank seems you. very seems interesting and important. AgTech is AgTech's a bitch. It's just really slow and painful sales process, but I hope you make it happen. Gabriel, now it's the last segment of the show. Looks like all these other startups left, so we can kind of call them lose. They they lost the, the show anyways, but who would you who would you vote for of the companies who've pitched? Who are the one or two that you're most interested in and why? <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I thought Q's presentation, like the the need for the splitter uh, and the idea that you could easily implement a variety of, you know, up to 10 chargers, if the cost he framed, I think it was 2000 per unit and total install cost of 10000 that would be that would be truly interesting. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of work between here and there um, in terms of that becoming a live thing. But I was really intrigued by the at least the, the theoretical version of it. Um, Murat, obviously, you know, seems like you've got a lot of traction, a lot going on right now, which is really interesting. So I guess, you know, taking the easy way out, man, I, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with Murat, uh, the only person left standing. But um, but yeah, I, I really was intrigued by the the approach on the EV charting. Just I think there's a lot of work to do between here and and there. Agreed. And the, the Zero Labs, potentially interesting, but just a challenge of understanding how exactly they they differentiate Agreed. and sell that. But you know what? Early bird doesn't get the worm. The The one who makes it through is the is the champion at the end. Murat, we will crown you all of the glory of being the climate startup of the night. Congratulations. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you haven't subscribed already, hit the subscribe bell on YouTube. You can unlock all of our free goodies and bonuses and climate VC databases and solutions databases, our meetups in 34 plus cities, 
online networking and calls and basically anything that you could possibly need to help grow your business, grow your network at climatetechies.com. And if you want to present it on an upcoming session, the startuptank.com. We do this every first Monday, excluding this one, because it would have been New Year's Eve. And let's face it, probably half of you were hanging over as it is. So I hope you all had a great holiday, New Year's, and we will see you guys again in February. Talk to you soon. And where can people find you? And what's uh, what's the last word for you, Gabriel? Uh, my name, an elemental accelerator, and can be found on LinkedIn under my name. And great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, folks. Have a great one. And we'll talk to you guys all again soon. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to another segment of The Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show, presented by Forward VC. I'm your host, Matt Ward, serial founder, climate investor, and partner at Forward VC's Angel Syndicate, investing in companies that move the world forward. To learn more about me, download my free growth and fundraising guides, or to get help scaling your company, please visit mattward.io. If you're interested in pitching on a future segment of The Startup Tank, please visit thestartuptank.com. And if you're a credit investor interested in investing alongside us in top climate and impact companies that move the world forward, please visit forward.vc for more details and to apply.